Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, I mean, still awaiting the Phoenix pick. We don't have anything on that. Um, so yeah, I mean, who? I mean, Max and I have, uh, as you can see, the the same best available pretty much exactly, uh, at least across the top two at all positions. Oh, just ki- oh my! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh The Phoenix Suns have selected oh Jalen Smith with the tenth overall pick. Um, and my dreams of getting a, a, a new Suns jersey <laughs> are broken. Um, I'm, I, 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 oh my. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Oh my Sorry, god! Sorry, I'm, I'm fully behind. I'm streaming this right now, so I'm a little bit behind you guys. Wow, what? I'm oh, I'm speechless. I, I... what? Wow. At that point, if you're if you're gunning for oh, just man. simply shooting, like Tyson Smith. I'm or take most, Bane. Why not Neesmith? I'm, I was just going to say I'm very anti-Neesmith this high, but why not Neesmith if you're going shooting? Oh, oh Jalen Smith over Kyra Lewis is an absolute crime. I don't care how many guys. Over, over Vassell and Maxi. Vassell, yeah, Vassell, Maxi. Let's talk a little bit about the positive. Uh, I mean, yeah. Jalen Smith is like six foot ten and a really, really good shooter. Flash, you know, shooting off of movement and some pull-ups, so... That combined with, um, you know, also some like some actual straight line handling ability, a little bit of passing flash. Like the Suns have shown uh, a prioritization of of shooting um, and kind of skill plus size. I mean, we saw the Suns um, reach by many standards for Cam Johnson last year. I mean, I like Cam Johnson. I know I think both of you guys like Cam Johnson, but not at, not as high as they took him. I mean, he put together a, a pretty good rookie season. Um, but Jalen Smith is like. A very good shooter and is pretty tall, but I mean, I just have a lot of worries about what he does defensively, especially for a Suns team that has a pure five defender in Aiden, who is improving, definitely, but still has his defensive issues. He's not perfect as a rim protector or as an, or as a, or I mean, he's mobile, but he's not perfect there. Between these two guys, Aiden is far more mobile. Like, Jalen Smith is, is weird because 
he doesn't make any sense. He's a good weak side rim protector, or not even weak side rim protector. He can get there from the weak side. He's a good help rim protector, yeah. but he can't cover ground because he has the highest, narrowest, stiffest hips in the world. He can't yeah. cover ground. He's um, too, he, you know, he, so, he's not strong enough to, to really defend the interior. I mean, he just, everything is just a little bit too slow. Like, his reaction time, his movement, his ground coverage, it's all just a little bit too slow. And for a team that already has, like, one, you know, one of their franchise centerpieces is Devin Booker, who is never going to be a great defender, and Aiton, who is improving, yes, but still has his issues, and, and and especially now Chris Paul, who is a is a very good guard defender, but is aging and is a small guard, which you know fundamentally brings problem. It's just, man, that I that think, is I think that something. I think that Suns fans are probably gonna liken this to Cam last year, but Cam was a guy that I I think I had twentieth. Yeah, I had him in. I think I had him a little lower, but I still liked Cam quite a bit. I mean, I was worried about the age yeah. and the athletic translation. Thought, but but he's, reach, but... Yeah, but like it made sense fit-wise, and because Cam, you know, was, was a six-foot, you know, six-foot-eight elite shooter, um, with like some really impressive intelligence on both ends, like. And on the and on the wing, he was just he he was plug and play. He, there weren't any team building constraints that he imposes on you. Jalen Smith, I just I still don't know what. He because is are they going to play him point. at the four, like? I don't know. I really don't know. This is really yeah, bad. I, I think he has to play the four. But, I mean, then we're talking about, and we've always said, if you have shady guard defenders, that's okay, as long as you make up for it with strong interior defenders. And we're now talking about Devin Booker, who I'm very, very high on, and I think he's an absolute stud and yeah. should be Phoenix yeah, I mean, All of us love Devin future. Booker, like, but and now he's not a defender. To pair him... Jalen Smith and DeAndre Aiden. Yeah, um, it's... I don't know. Like, I just thinking positively, like, again, like, I, I think Jalen Smith is probably going to be pretty good offensively. Like, he's a really good shooter for his size, and I think the Suns' creative motion offense is going to open up stuff for him, and he's probably going to have moments where he looks really good on offense. But, like, just the value here. I mean, I had... I mean, you can see on screen, both of us had, had Jalen Smith outside of our top 30. I had him outside of my top 40. Uh, it's just... I mean, it's... It's like the Cam Johnson pick kind of on steroids in terms of shock value, but just just really, really surprising. I mean, yeah, that's... I mean, I thought that I thought Neesmith or Sadiq Bay in the lottery would be the worst pick yeah. of the night. I mean, but, even I mean, Neesmith, it's not even close. even Neesmith would have been more tenable because I mean, Neesmith is at least like a wing with a with like a, with like a very elite skill that fits that fits well yeah, in it. Yeah, and Phoenix is prospect. yeah, which you know Phoenix offense is tailored, I think, pretty nicely to that elite skill. But man, this is gonna this is gonna result in Aiden playing the four is what it's actually gonna be. That's th that's a good point, which is problematic again because. Aiton, you know, I, I think defensively maybe the mobility to make it work a little bit, but you know, he he's a pure five on offense, like, you know, Un unbelievable, man. Uh, let let's let's get back to the best available. Uh, the Spurs are on the clock. I'm I'm very interested to see what they do because I I'm curious. For is it going to be R.J. Hampton like ever like is so projected? Maxi Vassell on the board, like Poku still there. The Spurs have so so many good options here. Like, th there's like probably seven or eight players they could take and I would be pretty happy with that pick. I mean, it's it's a, the Spurs have kind of the Spurs the, the the Spurs, the Kings, the Pelicans, 
the Celtics of all, like, absolutely... Think about it. <laughs> Max, the, the Celtics are guaranteed one of Maxi, Vassell, Cole, RJ, Poku, Kyra, Josh Green. <laughs> yeah. That's... It, yeah, these these late lottery teams are in better position yeah. than we thought. As, as we've talked, yeah. I mean, this is something we anticipated, is these late lotto mid-first, you know, guys being in great positions, but this is fantastic. I mean... For, for all of the team well, breath. How about this? How about he's not as high for us, but Tyrese Halliburton is still. Yeah, cool. that's true. Halliburton has slid a bit. Um, and even now, it's kind of getting to the point where I know Max Max and I especially are, are pretty low on Halliburton, and, I, and I'm pretty sure Jake is as well. But like, we're starting to get to some teams like Boston or, or, or you know, Portland or New Orleans where Halliburton actually makes quite a bit of sense mm-hmm. next to some real creators. I mean, so that, you know, that could be really, really good, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this and is... And there it is. San Antonio is taking Devin Vassell at number 11. Wow. That's, one of, again, one of, my, one of my favorite picks of the night. I have Vassell top three. Max, I know, has him in his tier two as well. Man, that's an incredible pick, I think. Just the slide. Vassell, I think this is kind of his projected range. And the, the Spurs being, you know, after, you know, I, I think the Spurs... Had kind of a questionable first round pick in Lucas Samanich last year. Kelvin Johnson then, one looks then no, good. No worry about that shot now with him going. To Absolutely play. not. I mean, no worry about the shot anyway. I think, like, I was never worried about it anyway. Yeah, but yeah. man, that's an awesome pick. Talking about us, Vassell, a really special team defensive prospect. Just the range, the instincts, the ground coverage, his ability to stun at the nail and and make that corner to post entry rotation and just blow up actions like really few wing defenders that I've ever seen can. It's it's remarkable uh, on the ball. Like his hips aren't the best, and he's a little bit frail at this point. But I think you know, just being six foot seven with a frame capable of adding muscle, I, I think he's going to be fine long term on the ball. Then 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 offensively, like I really do believe in his, his upside with you know flash you know more than flashing established himself as a legit pull up mid range shooter this past season, um, kind of out of nowhere. Um, and then I think that that amplifies his playmaking as well, which is definitely hindered by his his dire lack of burst and advantage creation. But man, especially in the Spurs developmental con- infrastructure, that that's a that's a beautiful fit. Like I I'm that that's incredible. Like that that's maybe my favorite pick of the night. Really, really. Yeah, good. I mean the the thing you you gotta is the range. Is that he has the range to make plays that other guys don't have. He covers ground to act on those instincts, and that he can play multiple things. That he can make that stunt that he can position himself aggressively and he can get back because he has that ground coverage ability and it makes for such a special team defender when you take his mind into account. I may be a little bit lower about him on the ball. Um, it sounds like the Kings are going to be taking Halliburton as well, which is very interesting. Um, that actually I think is a, is a good spot for him. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll, get, we'll get to that know, in a bit. With, with Vassell, um, I think that the I think the hips will will be a problem for him. He's another guy with those high and narrow hips, um, but I, I don't think that it matters that much because his team defense is so good. I don't think yeah. he'll be terrible on the ball. Yeah, and then he'll be fine long term. Yeah, offensively, what what he brings is you know he has the spot up shooting, but he has real tough shot making equity, and I think he has vision that we didn't see. Um, we saw constrained a little bit at FSU, but I think it's there. And maybe on that second contract, he can do a little bit as a creator with leveraging that tough shot making 
and some and some really impressive vision. He's not going to ever be a rim pressure guy. He's not going to be a free throw rate guy. He doesn't have the burst for that. He doesn't have the strength to finish when he gets there uh, on the rare occasions that he does. But you could be looking at a tough shot making six seven wing with some passing ability who is an all defense level defender. Yeah. That's an incredible player. And that is a highly added. And the Spurs are are you know. A, among realistic realistic options, I think a dream landing spot for him in terms of just yeah, Devin, Devin Vassell of organizational context. He will never be the best player on a championship team. He could be he number two or three. Team. Like, honestly. He will be on great teams. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, the next wave of the, of the Spurs with, you know, stocking on young t- talent. Like I said, Kelvin Johnson looks like a pretty solid wing prospect. I mean, Zante Murray, Derek White. Like, it's it's a it's a burgeoning group in San Antonio. And Vassell is a huge addition. Like, it, massive. Absolutely massive. Love it. Yeah, that's really exciting. All right, you know I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I really... Oh, oh wow. And, and the Spurs have the cool city jerseys. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, and I Woj love it. says that New Orleans is discussing trades. Yeah, okay. Um, let, let, should we move on to Halliburton? Yeah, let's do it. And I think we... As we just talked about, Halliburton, uh, by sliding out of that top 5-7 range... He kind of avoids a lot of his pitfalls, his pit, pitfall destinations like like New York and, and Detroit, where he'd be thrust into a creator role which he can't handle. Um, but on the Kings, I think, um, man, like he, uh, you know, like the, the Kings is a pretty good spot for him. I think um, playing next to De'Aaron Fox. So Max, what do you think about this one? I think that yeah, with Fox, if he can really consistently create advantages and then get the ball to Halley, he's that extra passer. He's a spot up shooter. He's a relocator. Um, they need to be playing fast now. They need to be playing very fast because uh, obviously Fox is, is arguably the fastest player in the league. He's a guy who can generate pace like that. But Halley is, is really going to be unlocked in transition just that that's where his passing can really shine. That's where his creation can, can shine because there's no defense that he has to break down. It's just making decisions to an, an inherently scrambled situation. Uh, so they need to play fast, but... I, I, hopefully they will. I mean, that's what they have the talent to do. Um, I think it's it's really optimal for Halliburton. It's you, he, there was a lot of risk for him going to a Detroit or New or New York, and I think that that could have put his career on a really not great path. Um, but I, I'm I'm happy for him because I think that this he'll be able to play more of a secondary role here and I think it'll be you know it'll be good for everyone it'll be good for the king yeah yeah absolutely I mean Halliburton is potentially a really valuable complimentary complimentary guard with you know the his lack of handling and burst that that really limits the the playmaking on the ball but off the ball like there's 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 some real potential there um secondary pick and rolls closeouts transitions and then he's going to be a really good spot up off ball shooter um and then I I think defensively I've got a little bit of worry about that backcourt um, and just that that team defensively in general, but I think Max it gives them you know another really rangy team defender that that helps them a lot. Like probably not the pick I would have made here, but like certainly one that makes sense. And I think um, it's pretty solid value. I mean, as you can see, based on both of our boards, is a little bit of a reach just talking in a pure ordinal sense. But I think both of us agree that this is a pretty decent landing spot for Halliburton, all things considered, especially where he could have landed, you know, higher in the draft if, if he did go higher, as many people expected. So, yeah, definitely not a bad landing spot for Halliburton. Definitely fairly optimistic um, in thinking about a re-rank sense. Uh, definitely more optimistic um, than I would have been if he had gone higher. Yeah, it's the right range for him. And um, and I think a really, really positive spot. Um, yeah. 
now New Orleans is, is on the clock, and apparently they're trying to trade out, but they have their pick of Maxi. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, I think Cole probably not this early, yeah. but Kyra, uh, yeah. Poku, you, there are a lot of really good think, options. Thinking, just imagining Tyrese Maxey in Zion Williamson right now, I might like actually pass out on on, on the live show. Um, let's hope that doesn't happen. But man, their option, like even I think, I don't know, like like you have options at every position really. You you have the secondary guards and Maxi being the best one. Cole, Kyra, RJ there as well. You have a wing in Josh Green who again a reach by my board, but like somebody who fills a really really big hole. And then even again like a, a combo forward type like Poku who again isn't someone who produces long term, but in the I think with the Pelicans offense and with the roster construction could be really good for them long term. So man, they have so many really great options. Um. Man, this is this is this is really exciting. Um, but, but again, the Pelicans looking to trade this pick apparently. So, um, I, I, and like I think one of like the the kind of rumored pitfall players. I think there were definitely some some Jalen Smith um, traction for the Pelicans. He's not there. I think the the, the big pitfall here is Aaron Neesmith. Um, would be the big pick that I'd be really disappointed with. That's kind of been linked. Uh, but yeah, there's so many good options. I think just kind of like by process of elimination, like they're in a really good spot. Um, yeah, I, I mean, then that, that advances to the Celtics at 14 being in just as great of a position. So it's yeah, certainly I'm, exciting. An ex- I'm, exciting yeah, spot I'm, for bo- it's an exciting spot for both of us. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm nervous, but, but excited. Yeah, there are a lot of good options uh, in that sort of secondary handler mold. Um, yeah, I think that the, the specter of, of Poku looms large. Um, I'm curious to see where, where, where someone takes the plunge. Um, you know, he's, 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 uh, he's interesting. Um, but yeah, like, I, we, we love Maxi. I uh, think that he brings a lot as a, as a three-level scorer um, and, and a, a guard defender. So I think that he can help a lot of teams in this range, especially as you're getting to a range with, with teams that are more set, um, that are really more set uh, um, from a creator standpoint. Yeah, um, it's a great spot. Still waiting for this New Orleans pick. Um, the clock is ticking down. We should have it within the next minute or so. But, yeah, I mean, again, like even going into Orlando and Portland, or Orlando in a, in a good spot to, to get the kind of their, you know, a much, some much-needed guard creation as well. Like these, these next four, five, six teams, um, you know, maybe Dallas gets into a spot because, like we talked about, these guards are going to fall because there are just New so Orleans many. New Orleans is selecting Kyra Lewis at thirteen. All right, that's a pretty solid pick, I think. Um, again, it's not Maxi, um, but I really don't mind the pick at all. Um, I think Kyra makes a lot of sense um, as kind of a guard playing off the ball next to Zion Williamson and, and Brandon Ingram. Um, we've talked about Kyra a lot before as like an off-ball guard type um, having issues with it with his on-ball game because of the finishing and the pick-and-roll craft and the pull-up shooting being a little questionable at the point. But with his blinding speed and acceleration, attacking closeouts, secondary pick-and-rolls, bending a tilted defense, plus like I think a little limited passing because of decision-making and high-end vision, but really technically advanced playmaking skill, um, plus great spot-up shooting, monster in transition with his speed and his change of direction. And, and then defensively, um, again, someone who is always going to be limited by his size and his frame, 
Um, but you know, really tries hard is great. You know, fighting over screens and, and, and getting and getting blocks like because of how quick and how and how long he is and how much he tries. So he's a really good. I think he's a pretty solid fit here. Um, definitely not a pick I hate. Wouldn't have been the pick I make, but uh, pretty solid I think. I yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, a guy who has value on and off the ball, who can fit into a, a, another team that should be playing at incredible speed with. Zion and Lonzo and Kyra. Yeah. He and Zion are going to be something to watch in transition. Like, yeah, I, I like that it's it's a guard where he doesn't have to play with the ball in his hands too much. Uh, you know, you're going to want Zion with the ball in his hands. Um, but yeah, Kyra as a as a guy who will be allowed to attack off advantages here, where we, we've talked about how his his speed. If you if you're helping off of Kyra, uh, you're going to have to close out on him because he's a good shooter. And then you're you have no chance of, of staying with him on a closeout. He's too fast, uh, and maybe maybe the finishing is is too much of an issue. Um, and uh, you know teams really uh, br- like bring help there and, and disrupt him at the rim. But you know he's he makes so much sense as a, as a complementary guard. And like you said, the defense I think is a lot better than people think um, because he has such good recovery tools. Uh, you know, while he may on occasion, or more than on occasion, uh, he may really get sort of chipped by a screen because he doesn't have the greatest footwork navigating them. Uh, and, and I think that'll be even more of an issue in the NBA just with his with his lack of strength. But he has really good recovery tools. He tries. Uh, he moves well laterally. He's not dumb. Uh, so I think that another good two-way guard prospect. Um, Shams has tweets the Pelicans plan to keep Kyra Lewis with their pick. So, Kyra, uh, officially a Pelican. I have a little issue with having another small guard who's not a, like a, a point guard, I suppose. Um, you know, like, they already have, um, they already have Na, uh, Alexander Walker, who is very much a combo. Um, Lonzo is, like, not really in a, like a point guard either. I mean, it's, again, like, I'm certainly not mad at this pick at all. I think Kyra... Like, I, I talked about on one of the recent pods being a little afraid about um, missing the forest for the trees with Kyra because he's so young, like, so young, ran a good SEC offense at that age, um, and could have more pull-up shooting development than I expect. And if he does develop that pull-up to, you know, more of a point than I think he can, he could actually have some on-ball value. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with this pick. Like, I think it's a good one for New Orleans. Fits their long-term timeline and plan and roster really well. Ben, I am officially nervous. Celtics on the clock. I'm nervous for you, and I'm nervous for um, some of my Celtics friends back back home. Or um, you know, it's a really, it's a big pick for them. There's so many good options. There's also a couple pitfalls. I think. I'm sorry, Max. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Not wild about that. Yeah. Um, Aaron Neesmith. Uh, yeah. You want me to go or you want to go? He's one of the better shooters in the draft. Um, arguably the best movement shooter in the draft. Um, not a lot else to yeah. really like there. Uh, I think... I, when making his, his highlight reel for this, I was able to get a few, a few movement shots and some rim protection. Uh, and that was, that was kind of it. Uh, very limited as a decision maker, very limited as an athlete, does not have the ability to get by anyone, didn't get to the rim in a 
uh, in a easy non-conference schedule. Uh, not a good defender. Uh, he is not quick laterally. He's he is not uh, mobile. He's not cover ground well. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think uh, you know more of the issue with Neesmith is that like he, he he's kind of I think portrayed as a plug and play wing a lot of the time when. I think it's. I think both of us agree that it's the opposite. He needs pretty specialized context, and it's part of the reason why I'm like, despite us both being very low on on Neesmith compared to this pick, as you can see on the screen, um, it's really a, a difficult fit because Boston asks the perimeter players all to pass and and shoot and dribble and kind of off and help run the offense, and they aren't really you know they aren't you know guys who a team that runs. Uh, a lot of pin downs and, and off-screen shooters like we saw Carson Edwards struggle I think for that reason where he was put in put in a role he couldn't handle and I think Neesmith is similar there where he's not going to be able to handle um he doesn't have the decision making or the handle or the burst or or, or the strength or the finishing to handle the role that I assume Boston is going to put him in so at that point you're kind of just limiting into a spot-up shooter and, and at that point just take you know take like Desmond Bain or someone um yeah it's a concerning certainly a concerning pick um, maybe, you know, maybe Neesmith, you know, and Brad Stevens can, can unlock some skill and we have a much brighter pick as the, the, congrats the, to our congrats, friend Zay. Yeah, I was about to say, he is probably jumping up and down and screaming somewhere. Cole Anthony to the Orlando Magic, which is a spectacular pick, I think, as, as we'll get into in a little bit. Um, finishing up with Neesmith, um, just, I mean, another wing shooter, like maybe he can develop some skills, um, in the future, but with so many great options on on the board, like like Maxi and Poku and Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton and Josh Green, it's a tough pill to swallow, um, especially with the board playing as well as it did for the Celtics. It's it's really difficult. I'm I'm sorry, Max. <sighs> well, um, you know, if um We've we've got Jax Frank joining us now. Yeah, to help um, to help me console Max. Um, Jackson let, Frank, talk... welcome. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than Max. Convinced Aaron Smith isn't good enough to be a lottery guy, but um, so I'm doing pretty well though overall. So let's talk about um, a better prospect and a better pick, and someone that Jax likes a whole lot. Um, all of us like a whole lot. I think Jax is the biggest on him. So, Jackson, why don't you start off with, with talking about the, the Cole Anthony pick and why um, I assume you know, you're know you going to agree with us that this is a really great fit and a great value for Orlando at 15. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense um, for sure. It feels like one of those picks that as Cole Anthony's stock continued to slide throughout the year and even after the end of the season ended that you kept saying Orlando should take Cole Anthony, but you never really believed it because they'd shown such an infatuation for, for long-rangey wing, defensive-minded wings, but um, Cole is arguably or maybe inarguably the best bullet shooter in this class. Um, incredible shot maker, has done so for a long time, um, even dating back to his time uh, before UNC. And that's exactly what the Magic needed for a long time, was a perimeter player who can score off the dribble. Um, Cole might not be exactly the downhill scorer and, and paint pressure guy that you need from the guard position, but he does solve a lot of issues as a pull-up shooter and, and perimeter creator that I think the Magic will, will really benefit from, especially in, in tandem with, with Vucevic there. 
Yeah, there's nobody that was really perfect for them. I mean, nobody's going to fix all their problems. Like, uh, I would have loved to see them get someone like Grant Riller here, but that's an unrealistic pick, of course, in the first round. I think Coles is as good as it gets when they pull, pull up shooting is and, and just perimeter creation, shot creation, shot making, all just massive needs. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'm like fairly optimistic about Cole's long-term defensive upside. I, I think he is a real playmaker with the the vertical explosion off of two being uh, a good indicator of, of future rim protection upside. And the Magic, as Jackson alluded to with their infatuation for long-rangey defensive wings and bigs, have quite the quite the core to insulate Cole defensively. And I think Markel Fultz is a pretty solid defender as well. So it's a really good pick, um, a strong value as well um, at this point. Um, we, we talked about um, because of how many of these guards there are, some are going to fall um, and be strong values in, in this range and the late first and the early mid second. So yeah, I mean, he gives the Magic an offensive dimension that they haven't had really for a while, and they've really been missing. So again, Cole Anthony is a really good pick uh, for Orlando. It's definitely one of the better ones of the, of the night. Yeah, for sure. And I think, as you mentioned, Mark Fultz there, I think that that's a really good compliment because obviously Cole Anthony's issue is he seems to have some pretty limited burst, whereas he is a very good pull-up shooter, whereas Fultz can pretty much get to the rim whatever he wants for the most part and is a pretty impressive finisher but has a pretty shaky jumper. So I like that kind of really complimentary duo offensively um, that should work well and, you know, give the Magic a lot more perimeter creation than they've, than they've previously had in, in recent years. Do you guys worry at all about Cole being dropped into a situation there, though, where there's not, at the very least, there's not an alpha perimeter creator. There, um, you know, there are other guys, but uh, they're, they're not you know, it's not really going to allow him to be in a, that secondary role that I think we all think is best for him. I I don't worry much because Orlando has run run the offense through Vucevic the last couple years especially so much. Um, I think that will help um, to an extent. I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I think they still need the lead handler eventually, but I think Vucevic is good enough to is, is good enough to still play that role and let Cole do what he does best and what Fultz has done best is kind of be that secondary um, hub, I guess. Um, but by no means should, should the Magic expect Cole to be their lead guy. Um, so I definitely hear the concerns, but it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's, that certainly makes sense. Ben, you go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think, yeah, like I said, long, long term, they, they have to address the, the, the lead handler as, uh, with Cole's burst and his lack of, you know, um, no, lack of really effective intermediate game. Uh, I think long term, as just like a pull-up shooting dynamo, he needs someone. Uh, we, we have a trade, guys. Minnesota is acquiring Oklahoma City's Ricky Rubio, the 25th and 28th picks for a package that includes the number 17th pick. Wow. Rubio, uh, Rubio back to Minnesota. One would have to assume this is poker. Um, yeah, I mean, that's been kind of the link for them. I mean, they've been linked to poker for a long time. I think that would be a really great pick. I know Jackson would even, even more than I would. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's interesting, um, Minnesota moving down here as I think there was a, a, a potential, potential for them to land someone really useful at 17 after taking Ant that could actually help them like, like Josh Green. Um, but I think this, this definitely is kind of a, yeah, a signal that the Thunder Thunder been making moves, looking to just add to their chest of assets. So I think Poku is definitely a strong bet to be the pick. Um, could see them going in this direction, though. Who knows? Uh, but, I mean, 
Detroit is still on the clock at 16. Um, they they could come out of this with Killian and Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, we've yeah. I mean, we kind of talked up this scenario on the pre on the pre draft portion of the show um, of the Pistons landing um, Killian and Maxey or Killian and Poku and immediately going from one of the bleakest situations in the league long term to. One of you know one of the increasingly bright ones. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see what what Weaver and, and Co does because they've done well so far. So Jackson, what what would you be looking to do at 16 here as as uh, Yeah, I, I would agree with the two of you that I would go I would go Maxi. Um, you know, I I kind of had this guard trio of Kyra Lewis, Cole Anthony, and Tyrese Maxi um, firmly in my top 10 for a while, and obviously it was projected that I might fall. Outside the top ten, um, but I still think Maxi makes a lot of sense, especially next to Killian, um, where he's not going to be relied on to be a high-level passer, which is something he definitely struggled with. Um, he's going to be able to get to the rim a lot, which is one of his best skills. Whereas Killian's rim pressure isn't something that we've seen a lot of. Obviously, his the allure of him as a scorer. Oh my god! Shooting. Uh, the the pick the pick is in. Oh my god! <laughs> it's Isaiah Stewart. That's. That's a, a vastly different direction than what I was just talking yeah, about. Yeah, um, <laughs> so much for a, a, another guard creator, uh, a, a pick-and-roll um, compliment to Killian, I suppose. Um, yeah, Stewart, um, uh, that's it, it, not not a very good pick, to put it bluntly. Um, so, Max, uh, want to talk about your guy Isaiah Stewart to the, to the Pistons? <laughs> Let's talk positives first. Um, Isaiah Stewart tries incredibly hard. By all accounts, a wonderful guy. Uh, very, very strong. Um, has good touch. Maybe can shoot a little bit. Uh, that's kind of the extent of it. Uh, Jackson, you want to get into some of the concerns with Stewart? Yeah, so the biggest concern with, with Stewart is he has almost zero vertical pop as a finisher. Um, and even though he has a seven four wingspan or whatever, um, I think that's, that's correct. Um, he doesn't long. really have yeah. any ability to grab rebounds over longer defenders, finish over longer defenders. Um, he doesn't really have any technically sound screen setting abilities either. So he's not, he's not someone like, you know, obviously Onyeka Kongo is a lot different in terms of vertical ability, but he's a very good screener and that helps him pick and rolls. Stewart doesn't do himself or the ball handler any favors in pick and rolls. Um, his lack of vertical pop really hurts him as a rim protector too, as well as some awareness issues. Um, the awareness issues are pretty prevalent even playing in a zone last year at Washington, which is a huge red flag. Um, reads generally should be easier in a zone, I feel like, defensively. Um, so there are just a lot of physical and mental issues um, on the basketball floor for Isaiah Stewart that really um, preclude him from being yeah. uh, a top 20 top 15, top 16 pick, let alone a, a top 45 guy, I think, on all three of our boards at the very least. Yeah, by by all accounts, you know, a, a great guy, um, should be a really positive locker room presence. And that's the thing that definitely matters, probably, you know, more than a lot of people take into account. Um, someone who, like, I think could definitely stick around in the league for a while because of that, um, and just because of his energy. Uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, you know, he, he's got solid touch and he's a good free throw shooter. Maybe he ends up shooting spot up threes at some point, but even then, like, it's it's bleak here for the Pistons who did so well with Killian Hayes, um, and you know 
I think, you know, like, if there were someone ideal on the board, taking, like, a finishing, a lob, lob threat, roll threat, finishing compliment to, to Isaiah, to, to, not, to Killian Hayes would be ideal, but I, Isaiah Stewart just, unfortunately, is not that, um, so... It's yeah. I mean, you you can see where where, where he lands on on Maxinize board on um, on the on the screen. It's it's pretty bleak. Um, yeah, athletically, Stewart is just so limited. He really can't jump uh, to an incredible degree. He he just lacks vertical. I think he had twenty six dunks this entire year, which is an incredibly low number. It's it was lower than someone who's considered groundbound like Xavier Tillman. Uh, you know, but he doesn't have the movement movement skills or intelligence or any of the the offensive skills that Tillman has. Um, his, I mean, his mobility going out to the perimeter is terrible as well. Uh, he like he cannot cover ground uh, when closing out. He can't really slide. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really think he's an NBA guy uh, based on his on court ability. Uh, I think a lot of the appeal is that he's such a good guy, but. You know, at, at it's, that's rough. That's a rough usage of a of a top sixteen pick, especially for someone who did the team that did so well with their first with their first pick. I mean, like, yeah, I, I think if you have to find some optimistic lens of Stewart, not even approximating top fifteen value or whatever, or returning fair uh, value at this spot, but like a top thirty pick would be him becoming a pretty decent big man shooter. Um, which I don't think is entirely out of the realm of possibilities, but I don't even think that make him a, a super valuable pick even in this class. And but and OKC is getting Poku. Yeah, OKC OKC lands Alexej Pokuseski. Um I believe the number two player on Jackson's board. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that's enough on Stewart. Um, so Jackson, why don't you wax poetic about Poku and why you love him so much, and 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 why I'm sure you're ecstatic for the Thunder about this pick. Yeah, this seems like such a thunder pick. It's toolsy, rangy. Yeah, this is this is like um, if it wasn't like Jaden, it, it was gonna be yeah, Poku. Like way more skill than what they what they've seemed to usually like in recent years. Um, but Poku is a highly versed shooter for seven footer. Um, flashed off movement, pull ups, obviously a spot up stuff, step back, freeze um, during his his FIBA time and his his playing days with Olympiacos B team this past season. Um, really impressive defensive playmaker as well. Um, he can play the passing lane, has good length, is able to rotate well and uh, erase shots at the rim. I think it's rumored that he might be over seven feet now, seven one and a half or something, seven one with a seven one five wingspan. Um, so you see all of that kind of really enable him as a defensive playmaker. He moves like a wing too. Um, I think that phrase is really overused with with bigs, but it's genuinely true with Poku. Um, he's an incredible passer for a seven-footer as well. Um, can run some pick and rolls and steer over the top of defenses because of his height. Um, so you're looking at a lot of different avenues to him being an impactful player. At the next level, obviously some of the concerns would be he's 180 pounds, 85 pounds. Has a lot of awareness and discipline concerns as a, as a defender. You know, they're just our worries that he's not real particularly well. He's moving parts and become the player that he could be. That he's the flash that he's shown. Yeah, I wonder with Poku how they intend to use him in OPC because it, it, it is a spot where they now have, have very little in place. I mean, they have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, of course, 
but not a lot long term with, with Chris Paul out the door and, and seemingly Danilo Gallinari is, is not long for for uh, Oklahoma City either. So there is just you know, it's just wide open how you know they can use Poku however they please. Will we see him being used as a ball handler, as a guy who's who's just gunning off screens? Will he be used more as a big man? I, I think of Poku as more of a wing. We've got him classified here as a wing. Uh, but, I mean, nonetheless, he's a, he's a fascinating player. So instinctual, so skilled uh, for a guy, for a seven-footer as a shooter. And his movement ability is, is unbelievable. Like Jackson said, moves like a guard is an, is an overused, is overused terminology. But Poku really does move like a human being who is not seven feet tall. And not not from a technical standpoint, like he, he doesn't really know how how to slide properly. Um, he uh, you know he, he has issues with with um, you know, closing out under control and all, all that sort of thing. But uh, from an ability standpoint, his movement is is really kind of one of a kind, uh, which which you know interplays with with that those instincts and uh, you know transition passing skill and. And the shot that, that I think will be there to some extent with versatility. So a, a weird player, uh, one who I, it's kind of exciting to see go to a spot that's that's very much a blank canvas from a building standpoint, because we'll just kind of see what he can become. Uh, but but you know I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Poku and Shea, the funkiest pairing of all time. Um, oh yeah, that's so yeah. much fun. Like as just a young duo, like. And, and I would add, as, as Max talked about with some of his concerns, the issue with Poku is if he doesn't have the defensive movement skills and the closeout, and the closeout issues persist, and he still weighs 180 pounds or whatever and gets bullied inside, he becomes a pretty untenable defender, um, whether you play on the perimeter or inside. So that's really the downside with him, I think. Oh, we have the Mavericks pick. The, t- the Mavs are taking yeah, Josh cool. Green. Let's let's finish up with Poku. Yeah, and we can talk about that. Yeah, Jackson, yeah. So I, I think I buy the offense. I buy him as a pretty valuable and impressive shooter, seven feet or whatever he is. But it is worth acknowledging pretty significantly that the defense could be a pretty big disaster despite his his instincts and playmaking chops on that end. Yeah, yeah and that's always been the concern for me is that the you know the playmaking's there, but possession or possession, how consistent is he on his rotations? How consistent is he on on stunts and digs? Um, you know how consistent is he with his technical movement? I don't think that he will be, um, and that's that's kind of why why I'm concerned about him. I think that you know the playmaking might be there, but he might not be a coach's best friend from a reliability standpoint, um, and that's that's for sure a concern. Yeah, I, th- I think I land in the middle pretty much of, of Jackson and Max on Poku, maybe almost exactly by our boards, but like. He is. Um, the Clippers are trading Landry Shamit to the Nets for 19. Interesting. I, I so saw rumors about a Joe Harris replacement. Yeah, I saw I saw rumors about a, a trade up. Inter- interesting to see the Clippers. Um, yeah, but just finishing up Poku again. Like, um, the, I think the ceiling at this point is just way too much to pass up on. And you know, he he has one of the highest ceilings in the class, and that's kind of what you're looking for in the draft is is upside and stars and star level impact guys. And the Thunder, you know, have. I think they've made a lot of moves um, recently. I think generally, I think they've done pretty well. Um, And this pick definitely just compounds onto that. So great pick, I think.
The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Prep to Pro NBA Draft podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's blow-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. The Lawn Mower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Uh, let's talk Josh Green. The All right. I'll, I'll start with this because I, I, I really like this pick. Um, as someone who I'd have been a big Josh Green guy. Um, I'm just a, a, a huge fan of Josh Green, um, though someone who I'm definitely skeptical of his offense. Um, we'll get to that. But the, the defense is so, so good. Uh, unique hit mobility, unique lateral quickness, change of direction on closeouts and trailing around screens and mirroring on the ball. Um, a really, really special uh, defensive wing, I think. Um, I, I really, really buy it. The, the size is just the issue. The, the real issue with him um, limiting his upside in the wingspan, but he's he's athletic. He his feet and, and hips are, are are all world, and he's really. No, no, this is this is a three team deal. The Clippers are sending nineteen to the Pistons via Brooklyn, and the the Clippers are receiving Luke Kennard. The Nets are receiving Shamit, and so the the Pistons are are receiving nineteen. They're all the oh, interesting. Okay, so p- Pistons have a chance to redeem themselves. Um, yeah, back to talking about the Mavs. I think defensive wing is like a huge need for them. Um, and Josh Green, we, we talked about the, the scarcity of defensive wings in this class. Green is the best one on the board for sure. Um, I think he fills a huge hole. And then offensively, like I, I do have real concerns about Green. Um, he, he like The finishing is atrocious. So right-hand dominant and not even good with that hand. Um, overall decision-making and decisiveness. He's always been kind of a timid shooter. Um, and still really is at this point. Um, but there, there's some real offensive strengths. Like he's one of the better wing passers in the class. Um, showcased impressive runner touch. And I think the Mavs are as, about as good a spot as any for him to be a good spot up shooter because he's going to have so much space with with Luca creating advantages for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to be asked to be to do much. Like off of Luca drives, he can you know shoot spot up threes, uh, attack closeouts, make good make good passes, maybe a secondary pick and roll here and there. So yeah, I mean, I I like this fit a lot. I like this pick quite a bit. Um, good job, Mavs. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I, I think that my biggest concern with Green, you know, from a team building perspective, was the idea that he would be kind of a fake shooter. Teams would be able to play off of him pretty easily and, and shut down the paint or shut down drives. But um, Luca, you have such a brilliant facilitator who can throw passes from pretty much anywhere. Um, He's going to be able to rifle skip passes if a guy plays way off the perfect moment. 
and get Green a bunch of open threes. Um, so I think his Green's kind of maybe lack of versatility and lack of high level volume and uh, percentage will be kind of mitigated in Dallas because Luca can always find him defenders cheat off way too much and try and muck up other stuff that Dallas is trying to do. Yeah, I I think that getting a guy in green who is going to be a real I, I think more of a guard stopper uh, than big wing defender, but getting that guy who when you have a a six seven initiator who's whose best um, you know defensive role is essentially like playing as a four, um, getting someone like Josh Green who has kind of wing size and wing offensive ability but has the unique hips and lateral mobility to, to defend guards uh, makes a ton of sense. Uh, the, the, you know, the offense is a concern. It always has been for me. He's dumpster tier uh, er, rim finisher because he's just so, so terrified of, of using his left hand ever. Um, but you know, he's, he's got some passing ability. He's got um, a floater. And that defense, I think, is, is something that you just prioritize when you've got Luka Doncic as your initiator. Yeah, I think this is a really ideal d- developmental context for him as well. Just because, I mean, he doesn't need, like, he's like his offensive role is going to be diminished to the point where he's not going to be overextended. I don't think he's going to be asked to do anything that he can't. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's playing next to Luka, I think, kind of maximizes and improves everyone's offensive you know, out- outlook. Um, and Josh Green, with a, a defender like him, uh, especially on, on a Mavs team, kind of the rest of the defenders, uh, it, it, it's a great fit, and it's it's a good value at this point too. With both Max and I have him, have him twenty overall. Um, just yeah, just this is a pick I really like for both fit and value. Yeah, and it, it's it's just it's smart to get a scarce commodity in this draft uh, on the wing, you know, at, on the wing, uh, and get a, a really versatile. Uh, defensive player because once you know once once you're past Okoro and Vassell, Green is kind of your only option. You know we, we like Isaiah Joe defensively, but it's not the same level of plug and play versatility. We like Bain, but more as a team defender and have some concerns of, about uh, with him on an on an individual level. Um, so I, I think that Green was kind of the option if you want a wing guard defender uh, and a good one. I think he's a good one. And if, if you can just get that spot-up shooting to an adequate level, uh, I think he's going to be really good there. All right, so we still don't know about the, the next pick, which this is this is Detroit's pick. Um, kind of in the, like a very similar position that they were uh, three picks ago, where they have uh, like Tyrese Maxey still on the board, RJ Hampton still on the board, um, you know, a, a few other options, you know, Poku, the, the big really good option that, that I think is gone, that, that's gone at this point. Um, still had a chance to still have the chance to get a really nice guard compliment to um, to Killian Hayes there at seven. Um, so I'm gonna be very interested to to see to see where they end up going with this. I I, I kind of feel like it makes a lot of sense for them to go with Maxi or Hampton here. Right? I mean, like not yeah. Obviously, we all like Maxi a lot, but I think you know a secondary handler now that Kennard is gone, I feel like they should be trying to fill that void. Um, with someone who doesn't have such questionable medicals or whatever. Um, so I think, like, even, like, obviously we like Maxi, but I think they, I could definitely see them prioritizing one of these secondary creators that are available, and hopefully they do. Yeah, there's quite a bit of, you know, th- th- there are good options here. Like, th- there really are, um, especially after the Stewart pick. 
um, definitely infuse some positivity into this draft. Where making another move to the Pistons working to overhaul their you know their core, their 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 chest of assets. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the secondary guards makes a lot of sense. Um, unfortunately, not like 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 I, we would have liked a, a really good big compliment to Killian Hayes, but they already got Stewart, and there's there, there's nobody really here that that fills that that fills that void anyways. Yeah, what I like so much about both Hampton and Maxi for them are that they they both are guards who offer a lot of rim pressure. Uh, I think you, I forget if it was Jackson or Ben who mentioned this earlier, but you you're gonna need that next to Killian Hayes. He's not gonna be a guy who who's living at the rim. Uh, but those two, those two can be probably in more secondary roles. But that's what they can be playing off of Killian Hayes. Oh, and and here's the pick: it, it's Sadiq Bay at 19. Yeah. So no Killian or that's not um, rim pressure. That that that's that's not rim pressure pressure. Nor is it secondary handling. Um, so Sadiq Bay kind of expected him to go in this top 20 range. Um, like a, a a really good shooter at six foot eight with some with some pull up capability. Um, so that, that I mean that, that certainly gives him a floor as like an NBA guy who who gets in a rotation for sure. But outside outside of that, I mean uh, an okay p- passer, you know, off of closeouts and secondary pick and rolls has a little pick and roll vision. Um, just to, the the, the self creation, like we said, is a really huge issue with him. No no burst or or, or or space creation with his handle was routinely stonewalled and forced into difficult shots whenever he was forced to create in isolation situations. So exclusively kind of an off-ball guy. Uh, and then defensively also, um, both, both off the ball just doesn't boast the most impressive instincts or, or you know, physical tools to protect the rim or, or, or play the weak side. And then offensively, just poor technique, you know, tends to tends to run and chase instead of sliding, which leads him vulnerable to, to sharp change of direction and quicker guards and just just players with, with more shifty handles who can create space off of the bounce. So, and, and again, just not a great value by, but by any of our boards. So uh, it, it, it's definitely better than Stewart, I think, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah certainly better than Stewart, but I think, I think so I'm a little bit higher than you guys, maybe about like maybe 10 spots to one of you, five spots to one of the other. But I think part of my appeal with Sadiq was that He'd be able to go somewhere that had the infrastructure in place to let him work off advantage and use his passing on the move and be a good spot-up shooter and a smart off-ball player. But Detroit, as you guys have talked about for a long time on your podcast, doesn't really have a lot in place to provide that sort of structure. And that worries me a lot that they might rely on City to be this kind of secondary wing handler. Um, and that's not at all who he is. And that's not any of the appeal that I really, I really liked about him as a late first guy. And that's the thing that concerns me is that Sadiq Bey does not have any creation equity because he has no advantage no advantage creation ability. Um, he really cannot get by anyone. He doesn't have the handle to break people down. His cre- his self creation at Villanova was really a lot of just like working from the elbows and jabbing a bunch and then rising up over someone. And I worry. I mean, that there's no advantage created there, and and you know there's no impact on collapsing the defense. Then uh, he can't get himself easy shots. Then and then I also worry about. Even these these this tough shot making with a little bit of a lower release point, I don't even know if that's something that sustains. So I view Sadiq as a as you know he's a shooter off the ball at six seven. That that's nice. That's for sure nice. Um, but I don't like him defensively. I don't think he can move. He can't really slide laterally. Yeah. Uh, like Ben said, he's not a you know brilliant team defender. Um, I think he's a fine player. I think he's a rotation wing forward. 
but just yeah. generally kind of Haze, not Haze. Bay is more of a luxury than a rotation building block. Um, where if, if you have your pieces in place and your creators and your versatile bigs and your wing stoppers, then Bay is a really good 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th man type. So just throw in your rotation and because of the shooting and the size and some of the off-ball skill, he'll, he'll probably get on the floor. He can you know impact the game without possessions, without usage, and, and be pretty solid. But for, for the Pistons, it's just he, he's not in the place to do that. Um, which is really really difficult, um, and again, just he he's another guy who I think drops even more for me probably like in a re rank situation because he he, he I, I didn't really think of Bay as as someone who was at a real risk to get overextended, um, but I think that's definitely a worry with, with Detroit where again Killian Hayes is is awesome but he has his weaknesses um, with rim pressure and a little bit of advantage creation so yeah it's 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 not a great pick. Um, like kind of like definitely not an upgrade to Kennard, I think. I mean, maybe in the long term with his medicals, but it, it, it's a tough situation. And now we're joined by the one and only Sixers Adam. Sixers Adam, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm nervous. How are you? Don't be nervous. Uh, I'm I'm all right. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think you're all right, Max. I, I've been listening. I don't think you're all right. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. There there's still hope. There's still hey, there's still more. Hey, the Celtics can still pick like Bomaro uh, or someone or Riller. They can still or... take Tillman. Max, they could still take Daniel Oturu for you. <laughs> that, that's not a very nice thing to say. Um, all right, Sixers, Adam. So on the clock are the Heat, who took Jimmy Butler from the Sixers in the finals. Um, By the way, the Sixers gave them Jimmy Butler, and then they went to the NBA Finals. <laughs> Distinction. <laughs> um, so the Miami Heat, uh, the off rumored to be interested in in Jalen Smith, who is now gone in in a in a shocking pick. Um, Shock, yeah. Shocking. So and I mean someone like Neesmith, we thought made a lot of sense for them. He is now gone. Um, kind of a lot of the the like classic Heat picks aren't there. It would be hilarious if they double dipped uh, in consecutive years on on. Uh, Kentucky guards, they got Maxi. It would be so yeah. good. It would be so good. Oh man, I would be so terrified. I, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I would disagree. I disagree, Ben. It wouldn't be so good. In fact, it would be very, very bad. <laughs> hey, they have really cool jerseys, so like, I would enjoy it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Maxi Hampton again, like Hampton, a, a very much a high upside, um, low, low four kind of guy from most Max and I. Um, if he landed in Miami, that's you know as good of a place for his development as any. Um, again, like those are those are the two real big ones left on the board for for both of us. I think then you, you're getting into like the the really quality complementary talents now. Uh, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman. Uh, Killian Tilly, uh, wait, he's, he's not going to go in this range, we're just, we're just reading off our board. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, again, like, like like we're saying for every single one of these teams at this point, lots of really good options left on the board. Probably more good options than we expected at this point. If the Heat... Uh, the Miami pick is in, if you would like me to announce it Oh to my god, it's Precious The Mishua. Miami Heat Wow! Precious Mishua. Oh my god, oh, that's fascinating. The Heat already oh, have good. Bam! What do you... He's gonna rise on my post draft big board. That's that's a really good. Oh that's man, a, that's he's a, gonna end up being good there. <laughs> wow, I mean, not if they play him with the four next to Bam. Um, well, that that's true, but I don't know. Okay, I, so I have a little bit of yeah. Go, precious, highly mobile. Um, needs to rein in his his jumpiness. Um, 
as as a as a perimeter defender for sure. Like he bites on too many on too many dribble moves. He bites on too many shot fakes. Um, but he is highly mobile. He is the most terrifying thing you will ever see is Precious Achua running in a straight line uh, in transition. He is so fast and so large. No. Um, oh, like not not totally oblivious uh, from an awareness standpoint defensively. He makes some nice plays on the interior. Um, so defensively, pretty good prospect. Concerns come on the offensive end. You're going to just want him to be a rim runner. Uh, this idea that he's Bam falls short uh, because he doesn't have that handling ability, he doesn't have that passing ability. Um, and then the real concern is that he just has terrible, terrible touch. And terrible uh, decision making So his non-dunk well. finishing is going to be really bad. Uh, so I, I'm concerned about offensive value with Precious, but the fact that he fell all the way to 20... I think makes it a lot better if he's used strictly as a center in a just sort of a similar role to Bam. Defensively, I don't know that he can quite do that to that level of, of switch everything, but um, something approximating that. And then offensively, if he's really restricted as just a as as just um you know a role man, it, it can work. But this is I think a pretty solid spot for him. Worry a little bit if they if they think that he can be Bam, but. Um, yeah, this makes some sense. Yeah, uh, my big fear is just him playing the um, ending up at the four, like even even a little bit. Uh, that that kind of feels inevitably inevitable to me, honestly. Like, I think in theory, like if you're not you know too keen on what Precious Achua really is, like a Precious Bam, like two really athletic bigs um, at you know four and five sounds nice, but then just offensively, like like you talked about the the, the touch being. A huge issue. I mean, the decision making is equally uh, as huge of an issue. Yeah. Because like, even if like he has some like a little bit of handling and like shot making flash, he's just never gonna make the right decisions. I think we will. Um. You know, I, I made this like Kenneth Freed like statistic like the only NBA player really ever, or at least since like 2005 or something. That's that's kind of like carved out a role at all with his with his assist to turnover ratio and free throw percentage is Kenneth Freed. Um. And that's like my favorite comparison ever. Like the only good comparison is Precious Achua to Kenneth Reed because I mean, yeah, like Precious Achua is gonna win off of his energy and win off of his motor and win off of his his ability to you know outrace guys down the floor and be a, and be a really solid you know rim protector uh, with some mobility. And again, I, I mean, I think like if they're just gonna like stagger these stagger Precious and Bam and at all times have like a pretty versatile big man, that's that's very exciting to me. Um, but I'm skeptical of that, and I suppose like again, like Miami's a good a spot as any for his offensive development, um, you know. So a, definitely like a good landing spot for Precious, one of the better ones it could have been, but still breeds some concern for me. Okay, well we have Sixers Adam on here not to talk Miami Heat. We have him to talk Sixers. Um, so uh, Sixers Adam, what what do you see as the the uh, needs that the Sixers need to address? Um, and I mean, they have a few picks in the, in this general range. What what do you think that they need um, here, and then at, at, with those second round picks? The one thing that they absolutely need to come away with here is some sort of ball handler. They are just totally starved for ball handling. They had Shake Milton and Howell Neto as their primary initiators in the playoffs. Uh, they seem to finally be opening up to the idea that Ben Simmons is more of a big than a guard. Uh, so whether it's here uh, or at 36 after they traded 34, 
the 36, it seems like, is going to be Isaiah Oh, oh, Here it is. oh. The, the pick is in. Oh, my God. The 76ers have selected Tyrese Maxey. Congratulations. Wow. Philadelphia Darryl Sixers. Corey. 2021 NBA champion. Thank you. That that is that is wow. Um, wow. That, uh, Maury. Fifth, fifth on my board, Ben. Where was Mackey on your final board? Fifth or sixth um up there. Tier two. Yeah, the the pick of the draft. The, um, easily the pick of the draft. Unreal. Not just by value, but by by, by fit. I mean Talking about uh, you know someone to provide rim pr- rim pressure, three level scoring in 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 the, in the half court, Maxi is is the guy there. Like maybe not the pick and roll creator or, or, or passer you want on the perimeter, but he's like he's a better scorer than anyone that they would have gotten like Malachi Flynn or even RJ Hampton or Desmond Bain. You know, elite finisher with strength and touch and contortion, and he has that that high level floater touch as well, and the mid range pull up, and then extending out to three, so decisive, moving off of the catch. Um, you know, I think this, no concerns about the shot. Um, man, he is he is incredible. Like he is so good. Um, so yeah. I, this is this is just unbelievable. I cannot. This is the first time in four years that any Sixers fans have wanted them to do a specific thing, and then they actually did it. Uh, it is unbelievable that Daryl Morey is running the Sixers, and they're actually competent. Uh, I don't even know what to say. My brain is like is like malfunctioning right now. Yeah, un- so, unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I I still think that they should try with with this later pick to get a guy who's more of an on ball creator. I think Maxi is a bit more of an off ball guard, but really, oh man, he um, you know, is going to attack off advantages really well. He can score from all three levels in those situations. Um, he can. I think he will have a a, a good pull up game. Uh, people look at at his freshman year shooting numbers at Kentucky and think that he can't shoot. He has a long track record as a very very good shooter. Uh, and even at Kentucky, had that um, had that uh, that incredible touch was still there. The free throw shooting was still there. Uh, and then he's an elite guard finisher. Incredible balance. Incredible craft using the rim to shield his finishes. Um, ambidextrous has a unique contortion ability to him uh really just an elite guard finisher uh to go with with a really one of the best runners in the class uh and what we think is some versatile shooting ability and high level guard defense with some versatility on account of his strength and fight uh and consistent team defense really just a very very good all-around player uh gonna help the Sixers out a ton yeah, I mean, this is, like, again, uh, I think you can nitpick a little bit in just that. This, this isn't, he's not a pick-and-roll creator, um, but just the value, the the fit, it's it's unbelievable. Like, it, it it's truly the pick of the night. Um, Daryl Morey with quite quite the start to his Sixers, Sixers tenure. I mean, this is, this this is oh, the pick. Of, this, this is the pick of the night. Like, Max, Maxie is that. Yeah. Maxie is that guy. Whew. I cannot, I like genuinely can't believe it. And I'm just going to be saying that over and over for the next like three weeks. So like both of you get ready to hear that every time you talk to me. This is, I'm just so used, every time someone asks me what the Sixers are going to do, I just am like, well, you know, like they're, you know, they don't know what they're doing. So it'll probably be something kind of short-sighted and dumb. And now they have Daryl Morey and they're doing smart stuff repeatedly. 
and I don't know what's going on. It feels like it's 2015, except uh, I'm not in middle school anymore. <laughs> you guys need to get um, Malachi. Yeah. Oh my God, that that would be unbelievable. And then, and then you win the draft. Whew. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but it seems like the Sixers might have some interest in, in Isaiah Joe. Yeah, that seems uh, to be the link. I mean, yeah, that yeah. would be that would be pretty great as well. Really like, under the radar rumor. Would be hard yeah, to complain um, that one. Like. Yeah, and yeah, and look, I would be happy with the Joe pick too. Um, I'm a fan of his. I know. I know Max is. I believe Ben is as well. Um, I would probably prefer Flynn, given that what you said about Maxi not being, you know, the prototypical pick and roll ball handler creator that they would really uh, get a lot of use out of. Uh, if Malachi Flynn is available at 36, uh, I mean, I think that's a slam dunk. I would also love Grant Riller there. Um, but yeah, I can't believe this is happening. I put out a Sixers big board today. And Tyrese Maxi was was the first person on it, and then the, I spent the whole night talking about how I wanted them to get Maxi, and then they actually took him. Well, maybe I, you should have spent more time um, talking talking about how you want the Celtics to not draft Aaron Neesmith, um, but because it, you know it seemed I to think, work out. I think I'm content with that one. <laughs> Sorry, Max, but I think I'm okay with that one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, spectacular pick. Um, on the clock now we have Denver, who, again, is in a really good spot. Um, I think um, the option's definitely, you know, with Maxi off the board, like the huge home run pick. Um, but but, still, but st still some really good prospects on the board, um, some prospects that I would think fit really well here as well. I mean, but, again, this, this late first range, um, mid-late first, is looking even better than we kind of expected it to. Yeah, um... A lot of options for them. I, I think that someone like Hampton would be really interesting here. Yeah. Uh, could could go with someone like Jaden McDaniel, bring some yeah. protection, and yeah. uh, you know that spot yeah. up and close that attack role. Um, yeah, I like Hampton yeah. actually quite a bit there. I mean, just like kind of like a half court rim pressure component they don't really have. Yeah, or they could just go with this a steady rotation wing like Desmond, Desmond Bain. Bain is is right there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's yeah there are a couple like I think Bain. Hampton, both really good options here. Even here's a spot where, where like, I would like someone, like, uh, I think you could definitely justify some of, like, the smaller guards, like Tyrell Terry or Nico, um, even here playing off of Jokic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are quite a, quite, quite a few pretty solid options here. Yeah. Um, so, who, uh, in a more general sense, is available to the top players? Uh, I mean, Hampton and... Omara are my best available, as well as Tillman and Riller in that tier. Yeah, Joe is up there for me. Um, yeah, oh, actually, Joe Joe is in that tier for me as well. We've got a, a little error with the graphic there. Um, but, yeah, Joe is, is in that tier for me as yeah, well. Yeah, Tillman in that tier as well, um, you know, as the, the, the top big on the board. And, again, um, in a position with a lot of these really good teams where Tillman, Tillman is kind of the, you know, the, the ideal playoff contributor big and with a lot of playoff teams picking right now um i think it's a really really good um it, 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 yeah it, it would be a great spot for for someone like tillman to land um again like tilly is not going to go this high um despite what we think of him um riller i think is still has a ways to go um yeah again the denver and all the rest of the teams here are, are, are in a pretty good spot at this point i think like um so denver seems like just another minute or so uh, until we have their pick. I think, yeah, that that that's Sixers pick. 
really just, man. Uh, I, I, the maxi slide seemed kind of inevitable at this point. Um, he slid, yeah. in, he slid into a, a really great spot. He really did, yeah. Um, I guess their, maybe their track record with with uh, developing shooting is not the greatest, but I, I don't think that there's that much development. No, just about, just a little tweak with his. You know, I think you're talking about raising the yeah. process a little bit. But yeah, a little little tweak with with raising his shot, but I mean, still, like he he's I, I think is very confident in shooting as we talked about with his versatility and his volume and his free throw numbers and his touch and his just great shooting tracker going back to back to EYBL in high school where he's always been a really good shooter. And just he he adjusted to a totally new role in his first year at Kentucky, where he played off the ball for the first time in his life, and obviously and you know playing next to guys like Ashton Hagens and Emmanuel quickly certainly didn't help him offensively. Those aren't really players that opened the floor and, and made life easier for Maxi. So playing next to guys like Ben Simmons and and Joel Embiid that totally changed the calculus for him. Um, so I mean yeah, I'm uh, as confident as ever in Maxi in this landing spot. It's re- really really fantastic. I think I mean, it's it, it's a great spot for him and. Definitely, definitely. I think my favorite pick of the night. I mean, there have been some. There have been quite a few good picks tonight. I mean, among him, Vassell. Oh, um, Nick Zaji off the board. Um, that, that that's an that's an interesting one. Yeah, I. So Zeke <sighs> Naji is is a uh, highly mobile big man, or maybe the most mobile in the in the draft. Not necessarily quick twitch, but moves really well laterally. Um, he, I think, can maybe shoot a little bit. Uh, I think projects generally well as a shooter, uh, on on account of good touch and and high free throw percentage and and proficiency from mid range. Um, not totally clueless from an awareness standpoint, but not great, and just generally a pretty soft player. Um, I wouldn't have taken this high. I I have a, somewhat of a soft spot for Najee because I do think that as he he represents. Uh, a nice piece as a a mobile big man, and and p- perhaps as a shooting big man, but I don't ever think really a huge minutes player, and a, a bit weird there with um with that core. I I just I, I I guess big man has been has been talked up as a need for them, but but I don't think Naji is is playing the four, the four alongside Nicole Jokic. He's he really is yeah. a rotational option. I guess uh, if he ends up being like a really good shooter which I think both of us you know both of us buy his shooting potential as one of the reasons that you know both of us have him fairly high like like, like in that early second range because yeah, a great free throw shooter with touch and showed proficiency out to you know 17 18 feet now that's pretty indicative of, of, of passable spot up shooting in the future um, so yeah I mean it's just it, it's a weird fit because I mean, in their backup bigs, I mean, they've kind of looked looked to guys who can do similar things as Jokic. Like, they've played Mason Plumlee in, like, a similar role over the last couple of years, um, you know, kind of using him, like, as a hub. And I certainly don't think Najee can can be any sort of hub offensively. Like, he, you know, like, no, sh- shooting I mean, is his thing. Like, he he's not a decision maker. He's made some nice passes before in his life, yeah. but he is a, he's a still, yeah, he st- still, Still takes time to process. I don't like his decision-making not a self-creator at all. Um, so I, I, I'm just interested to see what role the Nuggets, like, play him in. Because, like, uh, I mean, I guess you can, like, play him at the four alongside Jokic if he really shoots, but then defensively, like, yeah, I mean, he, he's mobile, but he's not four. He's not, you know, four mobile, I think. 
So yeah, I think of them as needing those those mobile playmaking, uh, defensive playmaking. Goals. Yeah, which is kind of surprising, you know, that they didn't go with someone like a Jaden McDaniels or Tyler Bay or or Robert Woodard or we don't like him but uh, as much, but Paul Reed like on the board, you know. Yeah, or or just you know get another wing option like Bain um, would make sense. Yeah, I, um, this yeah, is this I'm, is this is a really interesting one that I'm kind of curious to see what they... I mean, and, you know, that doesn't the fact that, like, they, they do have Bowl and seem to view him as somewhat part of their future, I think, um, assuming they don't trade him. Well, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 mean, I think he certainly plays in, like... But, I, I, mean, I, don't I don't think they're accounting for Bowl Bowl that much. I mean, you, the only uh, NBA action he's ever seen is in the bubble. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, not necessarily accounting for, but just, like... Another young big in, in that rotation that you know I, I mean granted it has a very different skill set than, than Najee but yeah yeah I mean he's yeah he's a good prospect like Najee's certainly interesting as like a change of pace option next to Jokic like 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 not next to Jokic I would say kind of in rotation with Jokic as he provides something like very different than, than Jokic at least defensively but yeah I mean as you know if the shooting really develops if he if he can improve his strength and, and become more of an interior defender ah uh, I really don't mind. Like he's he's pretty solid. This is just kind of a curious pick in terms of fit and and value. I think. Yeah, I would really like Zeke Naji if he were a little bit less soft, um, but he really is. He really is kind of weak on the interior. Um, I, but he's not like he's not small. There, I, it is conceivable that he, that he could get a bit tougher there. Um, so, I, I I don't know. It's a little bit of a reach to me. Not not crazy, but uh, a little bit of a reach for sure. Yeah. So on the clock next, we have the New York Knicks, who traded up earlier in the day to, to 23 from, what was it, 27 or 28? I think it was uh, 27. 27. Yeah, because the Lakers are 28 originally, not the Thunder. So yeah, the, the, the Knicks, after selecting Obi Toppin to the chagrin of Jake and, and us, the Knicks have another chance to, to, to get a really good, nice value at 23. I'd definitely be looking at someone like RJ Hampton here um, as an option to, to pressure the rim, because... R.J. Barrett, I, you know, I think he's pretty solid long-term and is going to be better than he was in his rookie year, but not a rim pressure guy at all. I mean, someone clunky and struggles to create space on the ball. But Hampton, I mean, I think unlocks a lot, even for Obi. Um, so, so I think um, Hampton would definitely be the way. I mean, they could load up on solid complementary pieces like Bain or Joe or, or, or you know, this is like a, this is like a Bomaro spot too. So, yeah, again, like so, – like I'm gonna like we're saying kind of for all the picks, uh, the Knicks have a couple of pretty good options available. We've reached the point of the night where I think a lot of the big time sliding values are are off the board. You know, with Maxi gone, uh, with Poku gone, um, but yeah, Hampton, Hampton is still there. I I quite like Hampton. I think that now being put in a role where he's not gonna be or put in a situation. Where he's not going to be expected to play immediately would be very nice. Um, just like work on developing his body, uh, get him watching film, work on the shot. Um, I think that, that that would be really helpful for him. Um, yeah, I do wonder if we it, when we maybe see a, a run on these wings. Uh, Joe is there, Bain is there, and then McDaniel's, Robert Woodard, that sort of guy uh, with with. You know, wing being such a, a valuable commodity, uh, I, I do wonder if we if we start to see some sort of a run on that at some point. 
Yeah, I mean, um, at the point where teams could just stack up on on prospects who you know are, don't have any special upside, but are like valuable seventh, eighth, ninth men in in a rotation, which again is it's a valuable commodity for um, a lot of these teams that are, are already very good and have their creators. Oh, oh wow! Leandro Balmaro. Nice, pretty pretty good pick there. Um, so they their pick at twenty three is I, I believe higher on my board. Not I believe he is higher on my board. Yeah. I have um, Obi a little higher, but like again, I think the value here obviously is incomparably better. Like yeah, so so Bomaro will be a stash. Um, he's playing with um, with FC Barcelona uh, in the middle of the season. Um, he is one of the most creative players in the draft, one of the best handlers in the draft. He has a distinct flair to him. Uh, there, there's just like a lot of a lot of joy to his game. It's really fun. But he's incredibly shifty. Uh, can really break guys down with that. Uh, and then a creative and intelligent passer. Um, problem is he kind of has no way to score. The the pull up is very much not there. He can't really jump, so he can't finish at the rim. Uh, doesn't really have the best touch. Defensively, smart team defender and totally overwhelming on ball defender. Unbelievable guard defender. Uh, just incredible effort, incredible ball denial, uh, totally uh, evaporates screens. Um, so a really interesting oversized guard prospect. Um, I like it a lot, a nice gamble to take. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it makes sense. I like yeah, this a lot. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, great value by both of our boards. Uh, at this point, like, uh, there are actually you know, quite a few rotation players. Oh, Wow. Oh. The, the 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 Knicks trading Bomaro to Minnesota for twenty five and thirty three. Wow. Okay, well I so, like that a lot for Minnesota. Then. Yeah, I mean okay. I like it a lot for both teams. Like. Yeah. So. Um, there, I, there's a defender from Minnesota. Like. Yeah. So so what we talked about when we did our Minnesota pods with PD, who will be joining us uh, imminently, is that with with Towns, he's a guy who has to play in a drop due to his mobility. But with his with his hips um, being so slow, you kind of you need him to be able to recover early because he's not going to be able to turn that quickly. Um, so you get uh, a guy in Bolmaro who can really just fight over screens and and I mean really prevent there from ever being an advantage, much less you know having to recover. That is a really really good complement to that. That makes a ton of sense. Um, and so I think that. Uh, Bomaro there, if he does turn into a guy who has enough scoring ability, that he kind of is the defensive guy to go with Towns. Now, the the issue there is you kind of you need Towns to still be there by the time the Bomaro is actually in yeah, the Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be over um, for a little bit. I, I mean, like, he could come over under under Rubio. I mean, seems unlikely. Like, it's just a great... I, I mean, yeah, like, he is really, like, um, you know, I, like, he's one of the few really good draft, draft and stash options in this class. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively pairs so well with with Town. I guess Edwards now and, and Russell just like finally a really elite guard defender, and I think like a pretty good spot for him offensively, like creating off of the gravity of Towns. So yeah, I mean, it's a great it's a great great trade. I think a pretty good trade for Minnesota to get a really good prospect and someone who could be valuable for them long term. I guess with Edwards if that's kind of the future, and I think a great move for the Knicks as well, who you know traded down two spots and got him early second out of it. Like so. Good business by, by both teams, I think. Well, the Knicks initially traded up, though. Yeah, I suppose. But, I mean, they traded up... What? They, they, they traded up um, from 27 to 23. 
another trading back to 25 and getting 33. New Orleans is taking RJ Hampton at 24. Oh, and trading him to Denver. Wow. That would have so been... Denver is getting RJ Hampton after all. Wow. Denver, as we kind of talked that one up, that's that, that would have been really fun for New Orleans. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... We, we talked about Denver kind of lacking rim pressure. Um, uh, really in, in any of their creators. Obviously, they run a, a very unique off-ball motion offense around Nikola Jokic, but he gives them a, a rim protection, a rim pressure element, excuse me, that they don't, ha they really don't have. And I think some potential really, really solid utility to work off of the ball next to Jokic as a cutter and hopefully as a spot-up shooter. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think a really good pick um, here. Uh, defensively, has a lot of work. Um, to do both on and off the ball, um, that's kind of the the biggest area of improvement aside from the shooting. Um, but yeah, like again, great value by both Max and I's board. Um, interesting to see, interesting to see what the de details of the trade are. We we don't have those yet, do we? We do not, and we are now joined by the one and only Ed Webb. Ed, how are you? How's everybody doing? Uh, doing all right. Uh, enjoying the draft. Um, so we, we got the, the Bomaro to Minnesota pick. What, what are your thoughts on that? Because we did, we did our whole Minnesota extravaganza with you and you're a, a bit of a Bomaro enthusiast. So stepping back to the, to the Bomaro pick, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's sort of strange. Um, I mean, I, I think I like it in theory. I just don't know how it works like next season. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, that's sort of my impression of the whole night, is that it's very strange, and I don't know why a lot of people are doing the things they're doing. Yep. Yep. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, again, uh, on the other side, you know, again, have been a lot of really good values, I think. Um, RJ Hampton, the latest, um, as someone who provides um, some, some upside as long-term uh, perimeter creator uh, for the Nuggets. Uh, a team that I think also really needs, like, perimeter playmaking. Um, and I think RJ's improvements as a decision maker and a passer over the season are encouraging. Um, so as, another future pick is going to New Orleans for this. My God. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I would have liked RJ in New Orleans as well, but I suppose he's a little redundant with Kyra, but... Yeah, oh man, I forgot that they got Kyra. Yeah, he, yeah, he certainly would have been. I like it a lot in Denver, though. Um, now, again, a spot where not only they have the... the um, big man hub to play through, but they have another perimeter creator, and that RJ is really just going to be attacking advantage situations and running hard. And, yeah. and, and I mean, he's not going to play until his body's right, he's not going to play until the, until the spot-up's right, um, he's not going to play until there's a bit more uh, effort and consistency on defense, um, and I think that's kind of perfect for him, and playing in this complementary role, he could be really hard to stop. Um... So now, who who is on the clock at this point? Um, is that OKC at twenty five or is that OKC not the, at twenty five? Yeah. yeah, yeah, OKC at twenty five. Who already traded up for for Poku, um, which which both of us I think, with we all I think would agree is a very very good decision. Um, again, um, could could take another very OKC guy in in, in Jaden McDaniels. Um, some plenty of good role player bets on the board still in Tillman and Bain and Flynn and Joe and Riller. So. Again, pretty good, pretty good spot here as well for for Thunder. So, uh, PD, who would you be looking at here for for OKC? 
I was really hoping that somehow Maxi would fall this far. Like, I know that, that that's still a, a couple picks prior. Oh, and we have the pick. The The Thunder selects Emmanuel quickly with the 25th overall pick. Wow. 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 That is... Wow. That's not very Thundery. That That's not very OKC of them. Um, quickly, um, definitely a reach by, by both of our boards, Max and I. Uh, I believe PD believes the same. Really, really impressive shooter um, off of movement, especially. Flashed a little bit off of the dribble this year. Um, a little bit of playmaking and defensive competency. But again, just a 6-3 shooting specialist without any real other notable offensive skill. Um, kind of surprised to see him go this high, honestly. Um, like Especially in the presence of other shooters on the board, like Isaiah Joe and, and Desmond Bain. And, and, and even like Malachi Flynn is a really good shooter as well. So... And, and Tyrell Terry as well, who's like kind of a similar archetype, but just kind of better. So, uh, Petey, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, um, I don't quite understand the hook that uh, that pushes uh, quickly past uh, past like guys like Isaiah Joe, um, unless there's a huge believer in their huge believers in his insane work ethic. Um, I. We're at the point. Of the oh wait, draft, that's the New uh, York. Where... Wait. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Berkeley has been in New York. That's the yeah. Knicks pick. Yeah, not, not OKC. Yeah. Okay, so, so they the Knicks ended up with quickly and Obi Toppin in the first round. Oh, okay. Um, that's right. Uh, oh man. Um. Yeah. Uh. I just quickly. So, I mean, he's a good shooter. He gives them the spacing that they desperately need. I mean, the Knicks are, are very devoid of, of any real perimeter spacing. But again, just lots of better options for for, for the Knicks if, if they're looking for spacers here. Like, surprised to see him go this high for, for sure. So, um, I, yeah, I feel like if we're going to uh, just like a, a quick reaction to the Knicks two picks, uh, we're, we're well below like three out of ten. I, yeah. I do not like this draft at all for them. Yeah. So they, they just took Emmanuel quickly over Desmond Bain, over Isaiah Joe, over Malachi Flynn, Nico Mannion. Cash Winston, Tyrell Terry. Teo Maladon. Oh, man. It, it's a long list of superior shoot for shooting prospects. Um, yeah. Uh, PD, what are the concerns with quickly? Because people will see the, the three-point percentage at Kentucky and be very excited. What are your, what are your concerns with the Um I mean, the concerns are, are surplus value. Um, he uh, had to take a lot of tough shots, um, and there's not necessarily a pathway for that getting a lot easier in the league. Um, you know, ideally, with guys who are like pure shooters, you can winnow down their, uh, their attempts to, to just like true um, – catch and shoots or, or movement. Um, I don't really think there's a pathway of getting like extreme value out of quickly here. Yeah, no. I, his, I, his mold is like sort of uh, as a shooter plus creator, but he doesn't necessarily have a creation pathway. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of struggling to process this because I, I liked quickly a lot in like the late 50s. Um, so for me, this is uh, this is so far outside of value that I'm not seeing an angle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, he finished either 59th or 60th, I think, on my yeah. final board. Even lower on mine, I think. Yeah, 60th. Um, 
he's a good he's a good shooter. I don't I don't really know what happens once he gets run off the line, uh, and he's really tiny for an off guard, and defensively, uh, I mean, he's really small. I guess he tries hard. Um, yeah, this is this is quite the reach. Uh, I, I mean, what's what's the most like charitable? interpretation of, uh, of like Emmanuel quickly uh, as a first rounder that you can kind of come up with. There's like a uh, I think that go the work I think is, is my best my best explanation. Uh that maybe maybe the uh the broad based argument that people use for Kentucky guys that like they have a whole bunch of hidden skills. Maybe like you use that to layer it on top of quickly without paying as so much quickly, attention. He was a high RSCI guy. Can you give some background on what he was like pre college? Um, I mean, he had uh, real shooting concerns coming into college. Interesting. Um, like, it, it wasn't one of those circumstances where, like, uh, you know, Kentucky built him down. Like, I didn't think that he would get to this level of shooter. Um, again, he's one of the guys that has, like, absolutely plus, plus, plus uh, backgrounds in terms of uh, how much they just spent time and spent in the gym and their, their ability to get value out of, you know, uh, extra work. Um. I always had doubts about the explosiveness, um, because if you you know uncertain bet to shoot and not uh, an absolute blur is a is a pretty tough sell at a place like Kentucky where you can get easily recruited over. Um, so him turning himself into an absolute knockdown shooter is a great pitch. I just I, this is sort of quite shocking to me. 